Hello, listeners. Today on the show, I welcome Papa Newt, a spiritual clinician and practitioner who specializes in bones and tarot readings. Papa Newt works with me at the Next Millennium Bookstore and has been an inspiration and mentor of mine since before I got started in the runes. His metaphysical journey has taken him into paths of herbs, oils, spellworks, hoodoo, and working with the dead. Today, we chat about how he got his start, what the bones are all about, and how he uses them to offer guidance through divination. Our conversation next, right here on the Runeways Podcast. Okay, and here we are on a oddly warm yet blustery November day, and with me today is Papa Newt. Hello. We finally got to do our interview together. Yes. I was very excited about this. Ah, same here. So I first wanted to introduce other people and do interviews with folks on this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and I've always wanted to make sure that you were one of the first to do that, oh. uh, mainly because you were kind of integral in getting me started with runes uh, based off of how you do divination. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit. How do you... Uh, how did you get started in divination in the first place? I don't think I've ever even talked to you about that. And I have my story, which I've told, but I always like to hear those. Certainly. Uh, in all honesty, uh, I grew up, you know, Catholic. and But I had a fascination of anything that was of different religions and traditions and, and spirituality, which, of course, was a no-no uh, for my upbringing. Do you think that's why you were drawn to it more? It's possible, but I just always uh, found an interest. And uh, I started reading about divination and really in my early teens and probably got my first Rider Waite tarot about 16. And then it was just on on again, off again, just, you know, just like anybody at that age is just... uh, Figuring it out, and of course, it's like, oh, it's cool. Here, let me read, and I don't know what I'm doing, actually, at that time. But it just was uh, something that has just always have continued the interest and continued reading. And it wasn't until about, ah, gosh, my college days where I got to meet other people or go to a, uh, to somebody that would do readings and... Uh, Working your uh, way into the circle of, uh, of metaphysical kinda, things or, or yeah. people that were into the same things that you were. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. And then it wasn't until, you know, moving to Omaha, ultimately, to really be introduced to a, a wide variety of of people doing this and, and it's, it was more accepting. So mm-hmm. it took me a little bit, but yeah. And then, so when I first did a reading with you, uh-huh. and this is before I was doing runes, uh, you were doing bones readings. Yeah. And so far as I know, in, in, in the area, you're the only one that does this. Uh-huh. And and I found it, again, fascinating to be able to take artifacts of all different types, assign those meanings to them, and then be able to toss them randomly. Mm-hmm. And the way that they lay is the way that you're able to divine from that. Now, tell me a little bit about what that is uh, I think a lot of people may not have that had that kind of reading or those experiences. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated by it because I love the artifacts, mm-hmm. and and I am constantly surprised as to how you, you know, pull these meanings from them, and they they seem so accurate, and they they seem like they're such intense artifacts. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about just the bones well, themselves. I, I I wish I could say I had somebody in my family that read bones, um, but I, I don't have that mysterious grandmother. Of course she's dead, so you can't verify <laughs> anything. Um, but it wasn't until, oh gosh, I mean, 13 some years ago, um, 
It was when uh, I was being interviewed uh, by uh, Catherine Ironwood of Lucky Mojo of uh, as they as she always interviews all uh, potential students to take her course. Mm-hmm. And at that time, they had somebody doing the teaching bone divination. And during yeah. the interview, we got talking about it and then went back to the interview and about maybe uh, 30, 40 minutes later out of the blue she's like you'll be good at it and i was like oh okay cool of course they came out with a set so i i did i got a set from them and i I, there was no books out yet so one thing that just felt right was just to take each bone piece of each animal so i had a dog ankle bone and i would meditate to where the dog and uh, ancestors of the dog and my ancestors were one set it down go to the next animal where the dog and my ancestors and this animal were one got to the roots and such and the last piece was a metal bell so all of us were one with the ancestors of metal um, and that just, for me, felt like it, it really solidified my connection with how I utilized the bone. But of course, uh, next following year or the year after, uh, there was uh, Throwing the Bones that Catherine Ironwood wrote. And then uh, Michelle Jackson, hands down, is a, another phenomenal source um, of a bone reader. Uh-huh. And it just, it just comes to me. Uh, so how did that, once you read those books and mm-hmm. got exposed to those readers, when after you've been doing this already, mm-hmm. how, how different was it? Or how, yeah. how on were you, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's, you do find different styles and ways of, of reading, um, but it was also different takes. And that's one thing I loved about uh, uh, taking classes with Michelle Jackson is she would have everybody in a circle and she'd be sitting on the floor and she would cast out her bones and she would talk about like what you see here. And it's kind of, you know, you do get you can assign meanings and such but it's not just the meanings itself you have to look and see what's in front of you um and and that's what i enjoyed those type of classes is to see other types of perspectives and thoughts and patterns because that's ultimately it when we're doing divination what we're doing is looking at the pattern based on the question that either ourselves or the client wants to know Mm. and bring that to the front yeah, and that seems similar with runes as well, mm-hmm. and I think that's where I was kind of connecting there is because when you cast the runes, uh, it's not just about how they fall, it's not just about what the symbols are themselves, mm-hmm. but how, what are they, you know, how does that change when it's next to another rune or, an, you know, an inverse rune, or what if it uh, is, you know, what's the difference between things that are signifying past and signifying future you know the differences on that now that's something that since i do i I also can do castings and layouts but with the bones it seems that uh it's all one cast so is it about how they how far away they are from each other if they're laying on it there's sometimes you're saying well this bone is on top of this one and that's sometimes it is i i I read on a, a a round mat um so uh, there can be of like how things are in the center uh, to this the mm. that can be like the the center of the point of of what we're reading on. But it's also most importantly, um, I have a domino that will always be a representation of my client, and so it's in which how far because sometimes there are big gaps and sometimes they're just right next or if not on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So that does. Um, you know, factor in, but you just have to take that time to just breathe, look, and read what's in front of you. Now, I've noticed after years of reading runes and doing divination for folks Mm -hmm. that it becomes 
only part of the process, mm-hmm. the, the casting and the reading of, of whatever it is, the runes or the, or the bones, uh, telling the client what you see. But also, isn't it, uh, how long did it take before, I mean, I realize that it's more than that. You are connecting spiritually with the client. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is like, here's what the runes say, but I'm also feeling this. And this mm-hmm. is why I feel the runes came up this way. Yeah. Do you get that as well? I mean, it seems like you're also very intuitive mm-hmm. and you're able to pull some of these answers out as well by seeing things that aren't necessarily laid out in front of you. I mean, there's a fine balance because intuition is really just a, a, a statement of, of clarity. And also, it's interesting, um, here in America, we use intuition for to mean payment, you know, payment of school, payment of this. And in a sense, hmm. you know, when you're building up your practice, which I always encourage people to, you know, find that little foundation, you will, um, their daily practice to tune in, to listen. Um, but it's also that, that intuition, that payment of the work we're doing to just get that state of clarity. And it's also what's important when you're working with your, your tool of divination, if you have a, a, a spirit or a, a saint or, or deity that is your patron, you know, so to speak, you have those allies also working and assisting you in the, uh, uh, the practice of what mm-hmm. you're doing with helping the client gain clarity into a situation. Yeah, that's kind mm-hmm. of like what I tell people is that my people talk to your people. Yeah, and we get those, and, those answers and as well. I, I, I am, you know, when I read the bones, I will always say a prayer to call upon the ancestors, um, my ancestors first and foremost, because, well, they're my people. And then the ancestors of the clients, but, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll get messages to a certain point, but I, I can't get the clarity because it's like, who am I? <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, here, here is some basic information, but I'm not getting much because it's like, it's, it's not my place. I'm, I'm not your family. They don't right, know me. Right. You know, at least that's how I sometimes <laughs> I've perceived or find happen. I was like, I respect that, you know, oh, have there any, have there been any times where you, uh, somebody doesn't necessarily want to get the bones read at all because they are just suspicious of them or they think it's strange yet they'll do a tarot reading. Oh yeah. And that's, that's why I always have my cards with me just cause not everybody's comfortable with bones mm-hmm. or dead things. I mean, in America, the concept of, of, uh, you know, death and dying while it is, uh, you know, it's present. gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen, but it's also kind of just uh, a, a little bit uh, uh, a decorative shroud placed mm. upon it, you know. Um, or we, uh, at least that's my well. What, perception. Let's, let's talk um, about that too. You, mm-hmm. you are into that a bit. Uh, you, you've been teaching <laughs> classes on that and using the bones. I mean, some people won't make runes out of bone because they don't mm-hmm. want that association with the with the dead animal or death. But that's totally, you know. Usually, it's it's for whoever wants to do that or not. But what I'm thinking is, so how did you get involved even more with that? I mean, is that something that plays into your your uh, um, teachings with working with the dead? And it, It's just, I think it's just a matter of um, uh, growing up being a weird kid, loving weird, unusual things. Uh, you know, I always had the fascination of scary movies and this and that. Uh, you know, yeah. cliche. <laughs> but... but 
you know, when you start to read uh, uh, books on on magic and and the occult and and finding various subject matters, um, you're going to come across uh, uh, forms of uh, uh, necromancy, um, especially some things that done in in uh, uh, gosh, like in England and and uh, such. I mean, uh, and so you kind of get some interest or at least explorations but you also go to a cemetery and you just listen but also recognize that it is a whole nother kingdom too um gosh and wind is out there it is uh but it, it just i i just had an interest in i that's are you afraid? Right. Are you afraid of? Did it help you overcome a fear of death at all, or did you have a different view of that, I, of I mortality, mean, as you were getting more into this? You know, I, I think it has helped a bit because, you know, growing up Catholic, it, it's like you. It, there's just this weird relation with with death because mm. I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, it's just we're a bunch of necromancers, really. Uh, you know, some of our altars has bones <laughs> in them, uh, but it, it just was more. I worked funerals as an altar boy. I I would mm. spend time doing that stuff, and and I would just see. Uh, gosh, I don't even know how to describe. Just like seeing certain elements of of what I would call spirits now is it the spirit of that person mm. I wasn't for sure but there were myths there were things around the coffin so I would assume so but I was like well isn't that interesting mm. um and then later you learn methods of like talking with the dead or going to a, a grave to commune with the dead and then you find that it's like well we are working with the memory of the spirit of that person so then it's like, gosh, is that the person's soul or what we call or identify as the soul, whatever that is? Does that go beyond and it's the representation of the memory of the person that is at that grave? I, I kind of am leaning more towards that. Hmm. Uh, and then you get into working with, like, uh, as I have heard colleagues call, the mighty dead. Those of, oh. of uh, that maybe were magicians or, uh, say, uh really well known in biblical terms like King Solomon or it was a great magician so you're going to work with this one to work with those spirits to gain oh. your your understanding of the work that is similar to what they once mm -hmm. did so I, I don't know <laughs> if I'm answering anything well, that's a weird so. that's a weird you know I I just one area I really haven't thought too much well, about well it seems so. like it was very natural if you for you to work into that, just about what you were doing, and, and then it just, I don't know, clears up things. Have you, I mean, that experience has to help your clients as far as the way you approach it and the, and the way that you talk about it and, and, and the way you practice with that. On the battlefield, I'm a warrior ready to kill or be killed. I've defeated orcs from the north, sent Kandorian demon spawns back to the depths, and drank with Sumerian heroes. But when I get back from a hard day of disemboweling my enemies, I enjoy nothing more than to open my castle doors and find a dungeon crate as my reward for blood well spilled. Designed for role players and tabletop gamers, Dungeon Crate is a monthly subscription box service with a treasure hoard of loot you can use on or off the battlefield. 
Miniatures, dice, tokens, coins, maps, modules, terrain pieces, handcrafted items, RPG jewelry, and more are yours for only a few gold per month. You even get a digital crate along with a physical one as an added bonus. So what say you? Are you ready for postal glory? DungeonCrate.com. Let the adventure begin. So, speaking of um, some of your earlier years, tell me about Papa Newt. How did that moniker even come around? Oh, that is always the question. Um, It is a nickname. It is a nickname I've had since, gosh, I was about three or so. Really? Uh, yeah. Nice, really. Uh, I, when I was born, I was the smallest compared to my two older siblings. And even when my two younger siblings came around, I was still the smallest. Uh, my dad uh, had taken over his father's bar uh, in the early years. I do remember running around in that place, of course, because my parents yeah. didn't have much money for babysitters. So, uh, fun environment. Uh, <laughs> to the bar you go. The oh, bar. gosh, get a quarter, put it in right. my arcade machine, and uh, that was fun. <laughs> but uh, I was running around, and, and I guess it was my Uncle Tony that had one too many to drink, and he was like, you're so small, you're like a little newt. And it just... <laughs> Stuck. That's funny. My uncle gave me my nickname too. Yeah. Yeah. Uncles must be the ones that give I, I think, the children nicknames. And 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 being an uncle now, I I look forward to that. For oh yeah. My nephews and nieces. I think so. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I'm 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 all about that. Let's let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about uh, what's happening now in your career. Uh, you've been doing readings all over the place. Uh, you have worked with Lucky Mojo before. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, you're making uh, some of your own uh, oils, I believe. Some oils and some products and some, some products and other things and like that working. Yeah, I, I just, you know, uh, here in the Omaha area, I, I, I mean, I've been at the Next Millennium for a long time. Even being gone for three years and living in Kansas City for a while, um, I still found my way back. Um, so I do read uh, the Next Millennium bookstore every Wednesday as well as, you know, I do help out and and uh, uh, work for the store as well. But I also will uh, go out to, like, Heartside Candles and Curios and Solstice in the Veil as well, um, trying to get some online classes, some one-on-one classes uh, set up, and just, you know, it's that fine line. How much can I handle? <laughs> right, right, because it seems like when you open that can of worms, yeah. they come out. Yes, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a one-person operation, mm. so it's one of those hard things to keep in mind, but it's... But it's just, it's fun to be able to be of service to people and even to just help give people ideas to help on their journey because their journey is not going to be the same as mine. Um, they might be getting into some things that I'm just like, oh, that's cool, but it's definitely not for me, but, you know, that's the, who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's helpful to to give them some ideas, guidance. Um, like I, 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 my biggest thing as of late is just making sure that people recognize that, uh, uh, at, at least try it. I mean, it comes from an animistic, uh, mindset, but it's like, you know, when you're working with that herb, you're working with that rock to, to wake it up, to, to conjure forth that spirit, to tell it what you need it to do, to bring forth the virtues of, of, of that, um, 
uh, item that spirit to come forth and you know uh, I mean a lot for a lot of us we do work with a lot of uh, dried plants so we're, yeah. we're working uh, herbal necromancy to a certain degree but giving them other ways of thinking to try things a little differently to also ask is this useful or not is a helpful question to ask and by this, which, what do you mean? Is it useful? Well, is, is the information you're going to give them, is the reading useful? Is it, is it something? It's, that's it's what more, I wonder, too, sometimes, because there are all those people that get lots of readings and yeah. they can't necessarily do things without them. But Yeah, I mean, you're going to find there are going to be those that will go to reader, to reader, to reader, and not all of them, but there are going to be some that just are doing that in order to try to get the answer that they mm-hmm. want, which is, is unfortunate. But you also get people that are too invested in a certain idea of, of way magic work. And this may come from influence of like charm or Harry Potter, and, yeah. you know, which is all well and good, great entertainment, but it's, it's, it's not uh, a good model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no. And, but sometimes uh, people can get stuck and that's part of getting into your spiritual path is, or whatever it is, you're, there are going to be these little pockets, these little um, pits, if you will, where you, you think you have to work this way or think this way, but it's actually not getting it. It's like a, a wheel spinning on ice. You're not yeah. getting anywhere. Um, to and I try to help people to also think strategically with how they, where they push, put their focus of, of influence or the, the magic that they are working, what will get more of an effect or influence here mm-hmm. on the physical. Hmm. Every Wednesday, I'm at the Next Millennium Bookstore, uh, so you know, stop on there. I'm not going to be reading at any other locations because you know it is coming to the holiday season, and I don't want to um, uh, spread myself too thin. Right. Um, so uh, the new year, I, I do plan to get back to uh, reading at other locations, such as Solstice in the Vale and uh, and Heartside Candles and Curios and and classes. Glasses, yes, classes. Both in person and hopefully and, online. Right. We can do Coming some, soon. Yes, video tutorials and things like that, video classes and things you can sign up for and contribute to. So, awesome. Well, I'm sure I'm going to see you soon since we do work together, but... Yeah. <laughs> Papa <laughs> Nude, thank you for joining me today on the Runeways podcast. Uh, I look forward to having you again as a guest. And uh, if you have any questions or any comments, please leave them below. You can also send us an email at uh, runewaysinfo at gmail.com. If you have any questions for Papa Nude, you can check him out on Facebook as well. I'm sure you have a page. Oh, yeah. You can just look at Papa Newt on Facebook, on Instagram. You can find me at papanute.com. Uh, yeah. So there we go. Yeah. All right. And, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's all my my stuff. Now we get to go out into this blustery, blustery day, so. Enjoy. Well, everybody, thanks again for joining me on the Runeways podcast. My name is Wayne Brecky, and this is Papa Newt. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) Take care.